another episode of Chris and Dave's Reality Cast. I am one of your hosts, Chris, and my co-host and very good friend is Dave. Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to Chris and Dave's Reality TV Cast. We are covering Married at First Sight UK Series 7, Episode 20, because, Chris, we couldn't not talk earlier this week, so we're just going to focus a little bit on this last episode. But um, before we get to the main event... And I have got plenty to say about the main events, as I'm sure you do. But let's let's talk about other stuff first. So where would you like to start today? Well, obviously, because we were so hot the other day and we were like, you know, we've got to get on and talk about all this nonsense. And there was a couple of little bits that I wanted to talk about that we, we, not that we missed, but they weren't top of the agenda. And we probably could have podcasted for about three hours after the other, the other day. But yeah. um, I think earlier in the week, we'd seen Adrian and Thomas met, met, her, met his friend, Kate, the one who literally interrogated Thomas, you know, within an inch of his life at the wedding, you know, and uh, Dave, they, they are together when they're together and they're relaxed and that they are such a good couple the yin and yang mm. i did not think it'd work at all i thought it was another you know pin the fucking tail on a donkey job for the experts but it's not they they really are good together i just I, I just hope and i think they're still together now you know we've seen some of the social media stuff whether they're just playing up to the show but yeah at the moment i'm rooting for them to probably more than m- most of the other couples i'm with you I think they they seem great, don't they? And yeah. you know, from where they started, you know, calling him fucking Captain Curtains and <laughs> H from Steps and stuff, and just you know, I thought he's going to be a little bit too much, and especially in the group situations, then Thomas doesn't need an invite, does he, to go off on one? No, <laughs> I just think Adrian's a bit calmer. But they've kind of met in the middle, haven't they? And, and, you know, they've had a positive influence on each other. And, you know, when we did talk earlier in the week, I was saying about, you know, some of the other relationships and the fact that they don't have a positive Im- influence on each other. But, you know, these two seem to go, uh, go together really, really well. I'm really impressed with how, um, you know, that has developed. But, I mean, Chris, what... What did it make to that, Kate? Because I was I was on the fence. I thought in the wedding it was six of one, half a dozen of the other. I, I don't think that Kate came across brilliantly. It's like she's the almost like she's the legal guardian of Adrian, <laughs> and you know, um, I, I felt like it was a bit over the top. I think it got smoothed over in the end, but I don't know. I just thought it was a very strange behaviour, to be honest. Yeah, I, th- I think when they first, you know, the the wedding and everything, and she was very blunt what she said. However, I wasn't a fan of Thomas at that point. And I think on the podcast, I sort of sided with her slightly, saying, mm. I mean, the questions were relentless. They were fucking ridiculous. It was like she took some fucking speed or something, and she was just like, how many questions can they get like, in in like a minute? Like Spud from Train yeah, Spotting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Thomas, you've got one minute. This is for the fucking star prize. Let's go. And she was just relentlessly firing off questions. But I sort of understood at that point, because I thought Thomas, and when he was with his mum, I was like, oh, this, this doesn't look like it's going to work. And some of the comments, like, say, Captain Kurt, and all that shit, you know, hates from steps, which are funny now, knowing his personality. <laughs> but at the time, they were quite brutal and they, was, they were unnecessary. But 
Yeah, I'm with you. There's something off with this this girl, and I don't know whether it's one of these things where because Adrian is a male, it's a male friend. And I'm going to say this. I don't know whether this is you'll have to correct me, but because he's a male friend and he's gay, I think it's like she's worried that she's not going to have a friend. But that's not what it's about. She should be happy for Adrian to be happy and and with Thomas. And and if they do work, fantastic. I do think it's always on a knife edge with him because of Thomas. I don't think Adrian's going to be the one who will explode the relationship. But just together, when they're just them, it just seems really sweet. And, yeah, she's not... I don't think she's a good friend, Dave. And I think she could be the one who could put... On Adrian's side, if I'm saying that about Thomas, she might be the one to put self-doubt in Adrian's head more than anything. But she seemed passable at the end and the, and the other girl went off they went off didn't they with Thomas and the other girl for like you know to get the drinks or whatever mm. but uh, we say it looked like uh, that actually looked Dave like near Charlton Village where Adrian actually lives as you know well I was yeah I was trying to find it. my old stomping ground I used to uh, I used to like that especially that, that was where I'd watch all the football down the old horse and jockey yeah. So yeah, I, I was trying I mean it's obviously a few years since I've been there now but it did feel familiar to me yeah, I think it was. I think it was Ballamore Road or something, which means absolutely nothing to anybody listening. So apologies, guys. But um, it's quite close where I live. But yeah, it's interesting, Dave. But again, it seems to be with a lot of the relationships. Sometimes it's the outside. When the outside gets involved, like, because the way the mm. dialogue went in that conversation, and not just with them, with other people who met certain family members and that, it's like, well, is this going to work on the outside, on the experiment? I, I, I mean... Just moving on slightly, haven't you got anything else to say on that, Dave? No, I just, I think they smoothed it over, you know, between uh, Thomas and Kate. And I think Thomas was on his best behaviour, wasn't he? You know, he was trying really hard. And I think, again, that, that was sort of testament to how he feels about Adrian. Because I think without Adrian in the equation, you know, once once you've crossed Thomas, I, I can't imagine there's there's much of a way back. But I did feel like he was going out of his way there to to play nice and, and you know, really make it work. So, yeah, I, d- I just found it a bit strange, maybe a bit overprotective. But Adrian doesn't seem like the sort of person who needs to be protected. I think he's, you know, honestly, Chris, for me, he's the star of the show. Oh, <laughs> he's he is. The, he's, he just nails everything. You know, he's, he's the common sense uh, to everyone. So... Yeah, I think they're good. But, yeah, sorry, you were going to move on to someone else. Sorry, yeah, and just, sorry, before I do move on, I did see something. You know when we commented the other day about I wasn't happy with Paul's reaction towards Adrian when he was trying to bring up something with George? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then every fucker jumped in. Well, Paul's clarified on Twitter and said it wasn't anything to do with Adrian. I think the edit showing it like it was Adrian, but apparently everyone was chipping in and they didn't fucking show it. So, So I think... We're going to talk about the editing, obviously, but it wasn't. He actually clarified it wasn't Adrian. Someone had a go at him, saying, "Oh yeah, you had a go at Adrian, but you didn't bother when everyone else was." Which is true because I said it, didn't I? Everyone was chipping in on Matt and Whitney, but no, he didn't say a word then, Paul. But apparently, it was some. They were all going at that whole thing with George and April, so that's that's yeah. why. But that but, makes sense because Paul was that out of character for me. I thought. Yeah, but if you look at Adrian's, I mean, that's that's Paul's story, okay? Mm-hmm. If you look at Adrian's Instagram, I mean, he was saying he did have tea to spill. Oh. And he was kind of umming and ahhing about whether he was going to spill it, but I think he said he'd had a couple of cocktails, so I think he was on the edge of <laughs> spilling something, but then decided not to. So there is more tea to spill there. I mean, if I may, Chris, and, and speculate... 
when that whole thing kicked off, it was with April and George, wasn't it? Yeah. And I, I'm not going to repeat myself what I said earlier in the week, but, you know, fucking danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> There's something not quite right there. And I think I am going to hazard a guess that Adrian was going to come to the defense of Thomas because George was having a go at Thomas saying he is the only problem in their relationship. Whereas George has been coming round and chewing Adrian's ear off about how he can't trust April. Yeah. So don't fucking say that Thomas is the only problem. I agree. In that group setting and throwing him under the bus. When you know, you've said to his partner that, you know, they've got all these problems and actually, George, you're putting it all at April's door, and I don't think she's a perfect person, but fuck me, he's got problems. And I tell you what, we didn't speak earlier in the week, Chris, about uh, about that home visit, you know, April and George, but I, I was not impressed with the mum's reaction, if I'm honest. Um, got slight psycho vibes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> weird. Uh, you know, it's like... She she was agreeing, you know, oh, yeah, well, George, you know, he has been screwed over. Now, to be fair, she'll have got his input for everything there. But, you know, if things go sour, there's two parties involved. Yes. Like, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, sometimes it does come from complete left field. But I do feel like George has this kind of victim complex and his vision of reality is not is not the same he's 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 definitely gaslighting april absolutely 100 percent, and i think it's really really toxic and uh you know he needs to sort himself out before he has a healthy relationship because there's no one who will live up to the standards that he's got in his head yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, we 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 we'd had all that stuff come out in the press about him. That three separate occasions, people have had to go to the police because of his being possessive and stuff. But also, Dave, if you've never been held accountable by the people around you, and you'd see that as yeah. the norm, he's going to keep going back to that. We all do it. We all have a reset button. We all have a default. We go back to whether it's to protect yourself, whether it's the way you act, until someone really calls you out. Uh, and, and really makes you look in the mirror and go, that is not acceptable. We all make mistakes. We've all got quirks and, and, and bad things, good things about us. But with George, I'm with you completely. There's some off. I don't like April. She's just there for the clout. She's just there for Instagram and she'll be on every show going after this. But he, there's just some edge about him I don't like. And I don't think, I mean, look, he's talking like he's some fucking eco warrior, pulls up in a fucking Mercedes convertible day. Yeah. That's not a fucking cheapo car, is it? It's like, has a 60 grand fucking car. He's got some fucking Wonga behind him. But yeah, his mum. That was more worrying than, than George because I thought you have never held this lad accountable for yeah. anything. And, he, and he's 40 years old now and acting like a dick. And also, we talk, don't we, when we do the Love Island and we've done these shows and the contestants are younger. And I've said this a few times. And when we've got contestants who are older, we were like, yeah, we need a Love Island. I always say to oh, Love Island with beer bellies and I know ITV and looking into doing a Love Island spin-off with like middle-aged people who are divorced and separated or whatever. And we we're like, oh, this is going to be amazing. Mature people. <laughs> no, Dave. I think as we all get older, we just become more fucking obnoxious because these people, I mean, Love Island was a fucking a joke this summer. We had a great time watching it. But 
some of these are worse than anything I've seen on Love Island. They're just fucking unbelievable. And I think it's because <laughs> the desperado and they're getting the chance in the mid-30s to get on TV, most of them. They're, they're fucking just doing anything, aren't they? So it's, it's great TV, but yeah, some really worrying signs with George for me as well. Yeah, and, and you know, oh, what, what are the... Um, what was that movie like? The girl, the girl in the Train or something like that with Emily Blunt? Oh, I've never seen it. You know, have you seen any films where you basically have an unreliable narrator? You're seeing a story through their eyes and then actually something happens and you realise, no, they were misremembering it. Something like, it's probably not exactly the same, but something like Sixth Sense. Yeah. Right? You're seeing yeah, yeah. it through Bruce Willis's eyes and then, spoiler alert for a 30-year-old movie or whatever it is, but... um you know, it turns out his perception of reality is completely different. For me, there are there are little data points where, you know, I just don't really trust what George is saying because it doesn't match up with what I'm seeing. Like I say, he's, he's going on about how he doesn't trust April and, and whatever and... But the thing, it's like he's he's going on, he's this valiant protector of his kids. And you and I are both parents as well, so we kind of get that. But it's, it's how he's painting himself out. But you'd expect him, wouldn't you expect him to rock up in like a, a proper people carrier or something? You know, like a, a proper dad, <laughs> you know, uh, car or something. But like you said, yeah. it's this fancy sports car and it's like... Well, that's a bit, a bit strange, isn't it, for a, for like a dad who's got four kids? Yeah, I just find it a bit off. And it's not like you can say that one single thing makes it off. It's all of the things together that I just think that the reality is not the same as the words that he's choosing to use. Yeah, I think so. I'm with you, Dave, and that that shows to me he's had a very entitled life because he doesn't seem to have a lot of. There's a reality check got to be had with George, and I don't get it. And he he's great at pulling faces, and you're right. The Adrian situation, he's gone in there. I mean, look, it proves what he's like because the first time they went into the dinner party, remember the judges analysing him. He went to everyone mm. slagging April off, didn't he? Anyone yeah. who'd fucking listen, he was bending their ear. Yeah, oh, I don't yeah. believe this. You will not believe. And he, and it was like these are people he's never even. Well, we know now they all know each other because they they live within the confines of a flat, don't they? An apartment block which they can't yeah, really yeah. leave and all that. So so this is and that's what plays into the Matt and Whitney stuff we'll talk about later. But it, when he went in there, anybody who would take you know listen to him or bend bend their ear he would tell them about april and that's what's happened is you you, you were so right dave he's gone in there threw her under the bus called her and said all these things so thomas and adrian have, have absolutely what well adrian more than thomas adrian's taken his side as a friend and like you say we know that we all do it if me and you had a bus stop right you would tell your friends or your family oh chris has done this or i'd tell like sam or whatever but somewhere in the middle is the truth because nobody ever likes to admit that they've been a twat did they or they've been wrong we all like to paint ourselves to our nearest and dearest that we're good people but when you have a bust up you say wrong things you do wrong things there's a reason for that combustion and that's the problem it's in the middle somewhere with april that 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 is the truth but obviously george has just gone got the violins out and gone for the full fucking sympathy vote yeah 
Yeah, 100%. But um, but moving off them, Chris, and one <laughs> Silence of the Lambs candidate to oh. another, right? What do you reckon the reasons are for Kwame not letting Keisha <laughs> into his house? Because I'm... I, I, I don't know. I'm just... Uh, uh, my mind's wandering there. I've shown my hand, obviously, but that's fucking weird, isn't it? It's like, no, no, I don't want these people in. It's not like you're being interviewed by the police. You signed up for a fucking reality show. So <laughs> I just found yeah. that really, really weird. Well, it's weird with Kwame because he created the best Kermit the Frog drinking lemon tea <laughs> moment ever in a reality show. It's fucking... The line was straight out of a comedy. It was the best line I've seen in a long time and probably one of my best lines ever in a reality TV. It was brilliant and nobody had a fucking clue what to do. However... As a person, Dave, I agree. There's something off with him. There's something he's concealing. He's probably married with about four kids, and this is just for the show. Hence why he's probably not took it further with uh, Cage. Because when they went out and, and they were with his friends, his dialogue was not what he's been saying to her. And she quite rightly held him to task. And he's looking at her going, really? And she's like, yeah, really? Because you've not said any of this. You know, she, they've never had that interaction and then that whole thing I don't think I could think positively Dave maybe he's the real life James Bond maybe he's 007 and he's leading two lives because he's smooth he looks he's well dressed he's got he looks the business uh, I don't know it was just so off why would you not when you go on a reality show where you are going to give them everything for your 10 minutes of fame why would you then say sorry can't come in I've not fucking ironed or I've not made me bed it's fucking weird for me I mean, you say James Bond, I say Patrick Bateman. Well, <laughs> I've been watching the Dharma documentary, Dave. Jesus, oh, that is, a, that is horrendous. Anybody on Netflix, fucking hell, that is awful. Oh, my God, what a show. You know what, show. I, I watched the first episode of that, and it's it's number one throughout the world oh, on Netflix, unbelievable. isn't it? So I watched the first episode, and I'm like... Christ, you know what? I'm going to have to space these out. <laughs> I can't yeah. binge this one. It is heavy as hell, isn't it? But Evan Peters, I mean, he's just a chameleon, isn't he? Just, yeah. Like, you know, saw him first in Kick-Ass, and he plays this dorky little character, and then, you know, he's in, uh, like, the X-Men movies and stuff. I, I think he's just been brilliant. I think he was in, uh, I think I saw him in American Horror Story as well. But what a sinister, sinister character he is. Still talking about Evan Peters, by the way, but we'll yeah, get back Kwame. to Kwame. Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a, a reference point. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, you know, you say about his friends, though. I think that, you know, what they didn't say was. Well, you know, Kwame, whenever he's in a relationship, we always tell him, you know, you're, you're doing these same mistakes again. They seem genuinely surprised, you know, yeah. about how he was. And it just, it just convinced me that he's just, he's on it for being on the show. And that's it, for a bit of exposure. And, you know, I, I do think it's just a bit unfair on Keisha, to be honest, because I think she thinks there's still potentially something there. But... There really isn't. He's got absolutely zero intention of making that work. I don't think he fancies her. I don't think he, he wants to explore any feelings with her. Uh, he just wants to carry on being on the show. Yeah, I agree with that, Dave. I agree. And another couple, Dave. 
So, you know, when you're a kid, I'm sure we've all explored and done things going, oh, hang on a minute, what's going on here? You know, like, I, I, I won't go too graphic, day, but there's certain times I remember waking up as a teenager going, oh, well, that's new. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting stuff, but I never once thought, you know what, I'm going to get a pack of Wrigley's and stick it around my fucking knob, Dave. So... When Jordan's mum says to Shania, he got fucking bubblegum stuck round his fucking pecker, Dave. I was fucking crying. And he's like, mum, mum. He's like, what? I mean, you can bring the old family photos out, no problem. But fucking talking about someone like that, I was fucking brilliant. I thought it was amazing. Because what what a brilliant mum story. Because, I, I, you know, Chris, I'm longing for these days, to be honest, <laughs> with my kids as well. I'll embarrass them in, in unique uh, and different ways each time. But, you know, to bring out that story, Chris, it would be embarrassing enough if, you know, your, your son or your daughter or whatever, you know, brings home a potential partner and you decide to roll out that story to their partner to embarrass them. I mean, Shanita's not bothered. She thought it was funny as anything, didn't she? Uh, but to do it on national TV, Chris? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Just, I mean, you can't top that. No, no. parent, when they gleefully uh, tell these embarrassing stories about their their son or daughter, can top that. You know, I did it on national TV, motherfuckers. Top that one. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I thought that was brilliant. So, Dave, we've had a chat about 10, 15 minutes about like some of the stuff we we missed. I'm rolling my sleeves up for this. Let's get into the main event. I'm fucking ready, Dave. So, where do you want to start with the farce that was Thursday's episode? Right. So, at the end of Wednesday, I said, look, we've seen this playbook before. And John from the Australian maths gave uh, oh, what was it? Carolina and Daniel a right fucking roasting about how disrespectful they'd been and you know the other um, I can't even bring myself to say experts Chris <laughs> the producers the manipulators right yeah. the, the blonde one whose name has escaped me for the moment she was there she was right Mel. there on the sofa Mel, yeah. Mel that's it she was there. She's seen this happen. She knows how it went. So, you know, to act like, oh, my God, I've never seen this happen. We don't know how to react. Well, you did in Australia, but okay, let's, let's get past that one. I was chilled as a newt to say, no, this is the same playbook. They're going to give them a roast in. Matt and Whitney, you have dis- you disrespected the process. But not only that, the the experiment is now null and void. We started off this experiment to see if we had the foresight to actually look across all of these couples and find the perfect matches. The clue, the thing that I should have picked up on more, was they said, you know, we haven't actually assessed whether you'd be a good couple. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to which I say, well, why the fuck not? How have you chosen fucking anyone then? Surely you, you take one person and then you uh, compare them against lots of other people. And then, you know, even if you do that once and there's a few gaps, fair enough. How about just do it for everyone on the fucking show? It's not as if infidelity is completely foreign to this franchise, is it? 
Mm. And so, again, I'm feeling pretty confident, you know, throughout Thursday. I'm fucking willing the day away, Chris. I, I, I'm looking forward to maths, but also, honestly, I'm hating it as well because it's like I'm wishing my life away because I want 9 o'clock to come. But honestly, at the end there, when they're like, yeah, we've decided you could stay, Chris, the rage. <laughs> if I was Bruce Banner, <laughs> this neighborhood would be fucked. I, I, I just could not believe it. I am. And the thing that I feel most let down by, we all know there's manipulation and everything, but there was no other reason to keep them in other than to make great TV, other than to stoke up the drama, other than to piss everyone off in the experiment. Because like I say, the experiment is null and void. The experiment is you've tried to scientifically match these couples and you didn't, you know, it was an oversight. You didn't look at Matt and Whitney for reasons. You know, I'm doing the old quote fingers now, reasons. And also I'll do the quote fingers, Chris, for science. You know, we've looked at the science. Fucking hell, I can almost hear Donald Trump talking now. Yeah, yeah, we've looked at the science. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Bull fucking shit, Chris. And I was so angry and fizzing at the fact that they let them back in. I'm sure that is only a a smidge of how upset a lot of other people are going to be as well. But also I was angry that it was Thursday and I have to bloody wait till Monday now. (laughs) So I'm going (laughs) to wish away my weekend as well. So, yeah, there you go. There's my first gambit, Chris. So, I mean, what, what were your thoughts? Pretty much the same. I think Paul led into it. I, I went into watching it thinking, here we go. You know, Matt had even put a fucking nice shirt on. He's not got that stupid fucking three-pound vest he keeps wearing to show everyone he goes to the gym and his tattoos. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just... Oh, I, I can't stand Matt and Whitney at all. There's been some off with Whitney from Day Dot. Apparently, she's the triad in the relationship with Duca. Didn't see anything. I mean, Duca, obviously, his best thing was she makes him a cup of tea. What a cock. He was there for the fucking clout anyway, so I wasn't really bothered. The Gemma situation was a completely different thing. And and Matt's came into it at first and I thought he was very reasonable towards Gemma you know we were laughing about it like I said to you say about what an ideal woman should be for someone and all that and it was it was the innuendos ruined it but it just felt like it was a a step all the time anytime there was something Matt could jump on to put her down and justify his behavior which for me is the classic um actions of someone who's already cheating on someone dave and trying to find yeah. fault in a relationship just to oh, justify yeah. their own relation their own actions a hundred percent and then we've seen some of the tea this week that matt and whitney spent a lot of time together in his apartment they were good friends and everything they just hit it off and mm. it all plays into what you said and you made a great point on the last episode was it just seems so fake and they've turned around to him like they do in towie which for anyone listening is the only way is essex the play out real life scenarios that have happened, play them up to the camera, put them in settings where they're in like a nightclub and all the extras are not talking. Because I've got offered positions like that in the um, Real Housewives of Cheshire and that I've told it loads of times, stand in the background like you're having a drink, like you do extra work on TV. Same thing, I've done it loads of times. And that's exactly the Matt and Whitney stuff is. And her whole attitude was like she was doing everything possible to make the relationship work with Duke. She did fuck all. She sat there pouting, pulling her face, uh, 
anything that was said, no matter what was what was going on, she just hated Duke and the situation she was in. Because obviously, this Matt thing was playing up in the background. He was just the dick. He was playing the moral high ground all the time with Gemma and he was telling everyone. And then the mask slipped and he's an arrogant chauvinist and... I said it on the last episode. I don't get it. Whitney's fucking wet for him. The more he acts like an absolute Neanderthal, she's more wet for him. Don't get it at all. It's fucking nonsense. However, my main issue, like you said, is with the judges. So are experts. They're not even experts. What they are are TV personalities. This episode proved it for me. We've questioned him loads of times. 100%. I like Paul. I like Mel and Charlie. They're all... You know, different people, they bring different things to to the table. I don't think that being malicious and that, but they haven't got a backbone, any of them. The producers have just stepped in and gone, these, these are staying in. No matter what it does to the experiment, whether you believe in this or not, which I don't think they do, um, we are keeping these two in and we have to find a way. And Paul started off so well, he's like, I cannot endorse it. And as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, fuck, there's going to be a butt here, isn't there? Mm. But... What machine did you put it through? Was it fucking in Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory? You just put a fucking thing in and come up with all these fucking... Oh, these work together. No, they don't work together. But for the purpose of the TV show, it's going to be great going into next week because I can't imagine what's going to... It's going to kick off to fuck. I'm sure Thomas is going to have all sorts of stuff to say because he was a good friend of Gemma from what he'd said and he spent a lot of time with her. But this now this is not a reality tv show for me this is a, a fake uh, reality show it's a mockumentary whatever you want to call it it's a, it's it's a soap opera now and that's fine if you pigeonhole that at the start then do it this last week for me has made love island seem more real dave I'm, i'll be honest with you <laughs> it's so it, and the backlash everyone online is saying how fake it is how premeditated it is and someone i saw a couple of tweets backing up what you'd said about this is definitely a towie levels of we need you to mm. reenact this out. I mean, we got the fucking Cinderella kiss thing on the on the bridge. They didn't deserve that yeah. at all. They did no. not deserve it. And Matt there, oh, kiss your face off. Oh, fucking great that. Yeah, that, that I'm sure she's so excited with that. What? Just a strange, strange way for him to do it. But I get it because of the ratings, because the social media, they're just about, Dave, now. The social media hits. Good, bad, doesn't matter. And it's going mental online on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter. It's going crazy about these two, because everyone can see how ridiculous this has played out this week. And I'll, I'll just... I think what's happened is it's gone from, is this fake? Like, we always say, oh, it doesn't seem right. Something's off here to literally everyone saying, this is so fucking ridiculous. It's just absolute nonsense so yeah the 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 experts and i'm quoting like you uh, quotating fingers is they're not experts they're just two the three presenters who have got a script and they've got to follow it whether they agree with it or not and it just it just cheapened the show for me because really what they should do now is if they're going to allow this and we know daniel and carolina did it and it does reek of that like like the uk producers are gone we need a bit of carolina and daniel look how much it kicked off i mean they had enough on that show anyway in australia but we need something similar to happen and it, it's all been engineered to to get to this point however if you're going to do that why don't you just let everyone go on a fucking speed dating round couple them up 
everyone gets in this is who we think you should be with this is the wedding however we're going to all do it before they get married we're going to do a speed dating thing and you all go on a date with each other i'd buy that more dave than than this fucking bollocks because everyone might as well just fucking throw the keys in the bowl and go you know what let's see who we can go on with tonight <laughs> it's fucking bollocks it is but you know what i can't yeah i can't wait <laughs> and i'm almost yeah, I, can't, I can't wait till next week it's like why did they do this i can't believe it i can't fucking wait till monday you know it doesn't matter if the football's on or anything um yeah that's why they do it is because we we love hate it you know we we know we're being manipulated as the audience but we still what, fucking what? love it what, sorry, one last thing, and I'll shut up then, I promise, is um, what do you think? You know, we had the backlash in the summer regarding Laura Whitmore and her approach on the After Sun thing and not addressing stuff with, like, Luca mm. and, J- and Jax and stuff. I haven't watched it, but I, I sh- I'm going to have to find it and watch it today because... Um, we all know you know. No, I am. No, I am. <laughs> Fuck off, you. No, I am. Because I want to know how they're going to justify this because... It's like Love Island. Everyone's getting a cut. Of, and I think it's AJ Adudu. She's the presenter. But everyone is getting a cut of something. So they don't they don't really hold anyone to task unless they get a proper guest on who doesn't give a shit and just lays into it. Oh, by the way, this is this is playing up to this as well. Have you seen that guy on the American football show in the, uh, this week? The comedian. No. Oh my god! I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to send it. Yeah, I've just watched it before we were recording. So. The, the American football's back at Wembley and stuff. You know, they have a couple of games a year at Wembley and everything, or Tottenham's oh, yeah, stadium, yeah. wherever it is. So they've got four of them sat over the River Thames in this big glass back studio, loads of American football fans behind an English ones, and all these presenters are suddenly an, an English comedy. I don't know who he is. And they go, they say to him, so uh, what do you think about American football? I don't watch it. He goes, anyone who gets... So he basically paraphrased because, well, it's a bit weird, isn't it, getting up at three in the morning to watch American football? He goes, I wouldn't trust them. Uh, with my place and he's slagging off then he's slagging off he's saying I've watched OJ Simpson he was um, he was innocent oh, and the other guy go oh hey man you know what I'm like the fucking cringe and one of the presenters he's crying laughing he went yeah he's, and he's slagging off all the teams he's honestly Dave I'll send it you it's a, t- a two three minute clip it's brilliant you can see one of the presenters at the end of the fucking te- end of the like the panel he's punching his fucking knee as if to say what the fuck have we done oh, I'll send it you it's so fucking Sorry, good how does this relate to maths? I'm, I'm talking. Yeah, no, yeah. What I'm talking about is, uh, I, I want to see if this after sun version of maths that they do are they going to unveil? And we know our good friend Jade's been on as well, um, to, and she's been in the audience and she and she said like there's all more to come. She couldn't tell us, but obviously this is what it was. And so thanks for that, Jade. But it's that. I've got to see if they hold him to task, Dave, because no one's going to call the judges out at all. They're going to get off scot-free, but is anyone going to lay into Matt and Whitney? Because it, it totally ruins what the show is supposed to be about for me. Um, I don't think anyone's going to hold them to task for a start. Yeah. Um, but I kind of feel like that is our place in the world, Chris. That is yeah. our job because you've got all these official podcasts and everything and, you know, things like Unveiled and obviously the main show and no one actually calls out the bullshit that I know, that I'm aware of, apart from us. So yeah. that's what we're here for. So, you know, initially it's just, I mean, me and you would talk about it anyway. We just happen to jump on and hit record. Uh, but, you know, it, I think 
one of the things that pissed me off the most is that Whitney and Matt have shown absolutely zero fucking guilt, absolutely fucking zero remorse for the people that they have hurt along the way. Now, Whitney, I mean, there's no... Uh, the <laughs> Duca is like, you know, uh, Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance, you know, one <laughs> yeah, in a million. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but I think, to be honest, he was just happy to be there. So I don't think the whole cheating thing was a massive surprise. Whitney had made it known that she wasn't in. The thing that I didn't like, though, was the way she was just gaslighting him, saying, you know, about it's all him. It's, you know, it's just, oh, I can't be doing with this and just chipping away at him, you know. And I don't think Duca is the sort to take that on board, to be honest, so just brushes it off. But there's a lot of people that will affect you know, if you're constantly told how much of a C next Tuesday you are and how shit you are, that shit starts to get through. And that's what I don't really like about her behavior. Uh, but also, you know, she's just got no remorse whatsoever. Matt was a complete fucking dick. The big fucking I am. And neither of them are arsed. They're just like, oh, everyone's got their own shit. So, you know, we've found each other. Fuck the lot of you. That's what I don't like. Yeah. But I especially don't like when Paul, the fucking Poundland evangelist, is like, you know, I can really see the light in you now. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking bellend. Honestly. So That's you have impression. just completely <laughs> fucking validated everything that they've done, all the people that they've hurt along the way. You've just fucking validated it for them. Yeah. So, yeah, you say you like him. I did like him. I'll probably like him for something he's done next week. But right now, at this moment, Chris, I'm fucking really pissed off at him. I, I just yeah. think it was bullshit. And even if they've got their fucking arm up their back from producers, I, I don't think you needed to say something like that and validate that fucking shitty behavior. No, and you're right, I'm completely with you and all that, but fuck me. Monday night can't come quick enough, Dave. It's fucking oh, weekend. It, it can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's weekend, we should be enjoying it, getting pissed. Fucking, yeah, whatever, fuck work. You know, I'll have the, the Monday morning blues on, well, the Sunday night blues where you're like, oh, I've got fucking work tomorrow, but I am fucking itching but it's to watch day. it. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> oh, and that that's the beauty of it, whatever we think of it, they've done a good job. One, getting us talking about and getting us riled up, because I always think we're best when we are fucking going and we're, we're annoyed at stuff. But obviously, everyone... What I mean, to be fair, there's a lot of people on, on our Twitter, uh, Facebook page, the Chris and Dave's Reality TV cast, and big thank you to... There's loads of people joining again, guys, so thank you for getting over there. We're, we're letting people in every day, and we're welcoming you into the community. But there's a lot of people, Dave, who are just saying now, they're going to listen to the podcast, they can't watch it, because it's just... It's ruined the format of maths. People who've been in it, watching the show longer than we have you know different series and they're just saying like i can't it's just so fake it's just unbelievable what what's going on here because we we'd never seen this before obviously we've not watched every series daniel and carolina we were like holy shit this is terrible and they were just to be fair their thing with dion was just the icing on the cake we had the whole olivia and mm. dominica thing that was what dominated that whole series so it was just there was loads of little things going on this has just been front and center and it does feel like they've just gone storyboard we need a daniel and, Do and um 
Carolina for this series. Yeah. And that's what we've got. I think I still say, I stand by what I said, I still say they've been worded up before this show, these two. Well, I mean, if you look at Gemma's Instagram, it, it seems like, you know, there's no real producer manipulation. They, they've done that on their own accord. The thing that's different, so if you think back to last season, you know, with the the last UK season, that is, the, the whole kiss that was off camera and everything. So I think, you know, this shit does happen and that you've thrown all these strangers together and paired some of them up arbitrarily. <coughs> Sorry, Chris, not arbitrarily. Scientifically. Yes. <laughs> you've got fucking post-it notes and thrown them down the stairs and the order that they land, that's how you pair them up. But um, that all happened off camera. I think they've had a lessons learned meeting and said, you know what, if this shit happens again, we have to capture it. That's why you get that shit, towy, fake fucking scene. And, and that's, you know, that's the bit that makes it fake. I don't think it's scripted, though. I don't think they're forcing anyone to do the cheating. I do think the people who were hurt were genuinely hurt. And I do think, you know, Matt and Whitney have done this of their own accord. Yeah, and and here's a question for you then, Dave. I think you're right. That that could be that could be another way. To, either way, we're at this point. You are. It's either I'm right or you're right. And it it doesn't matter. It's an absolute shit show, doesn't it? You you completely uh, on the money there. But Dave, let's let's ask this then. So this has been two people, and and I think Paul said, yeah, we can see this a connection. Here. Yeah, yeah, we've run the figures, and like you said, and all that bollocks. I can see the light. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We didn't even think about this. Okay, Paul, whatever. Um. Do you think, Dave, they're still together? Because I fucking don't. No, not a fucking chance. Yeah, exactly. Not a fucking... Poor Gemma has been put through the ringer there, and I don't think... I could be wrong. They may keep it going for a couple of months, fakely, but just to just to sort of keep a bit of face. Like Daniel and, and Carolina did, didn't they? It lasted six months, and then they finished, like most of these relationships do. And they probably broke up after a couple of months, but they've just gone to different things together as friends just to you know keep the facade up. I don't think these two are together at all. Not a chance. I'd be amazed. But we'll be saying this in two years when they've got two kids, Dave, a mortgage. They and fucking deserve each other. They that, do. That's for sure. But, yeah. um, Chris, do you, question to you. Do you think these are worse or on par, or better than Daniel and Carolina. I so so just going back to something very quickly. Matt will turn up on X on the Beach, hundred percent. He's absolutely. Yeah. We've started watching another series of X on the Beach, and there's a new Geordie Shore thing on. And they all go on the same things. He's going to be on X on the Beach. A hundred percent. Whitney might end up turning up there as his ex. I don't know, but. I think Daniel and Carolina were worse. I think that because they had no remorse, at least, I mean, Whitney, I don't think Whitney has, but I think whether he's fake or not, Matt has said a few times, I'm I'm sorry, but, you know, I, I thought, if I, if I think back and just try and give it a bit of context, I think Daniel and Carolina were worse. Yeah. So, so I'm going to go the opposite side. I, I think these two are worse. I think Whitney and Carolina were playing the same game. They were the same personality type. They were not interested in their partners at all, but were constantly berating them, constantly putting them down, making it feel like they're putting in all the effort, but it's actually their partner who's putting in zero effort, making them feel worse about themselves. That's basically uh, Duca and um, Dion. 
so so I think they're on par. But if you think about Daniel's part in it, well, he had nothing to lose. His his wife on the show had already left. Yes. So he had nothing to lose. Yeah, well, if you remember as well, we all felt sorry for Daniel, didn't we? Because his wife there was, was a the brief one. moment. There and was, I need to, you know, Ace Ventura wash myself in the shower because of that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he did seem a bit fucked over. But it's like it's like Game of Thrones, Chris. You know, everyone's a bastard. It just yeah. depends on what context you're watching them. Yeah, that's true. That's true, and how you see it. And like I say, I've seen plenty of people who have all for this relationship because they're saying like well they weren't together so what I've seen that as well it's like oh love conquers all fuck off yeah (laughs) I'm not having it you're a liar (laughs) (laughs) but no I, I think because both partners in this context Matt and Whitney have been horrible to their partners Daniel didn't have a choice. I mean, it was obvious, wasn't it? It's like, right, your partner's left, so jog on, get out the fucking experiment, and we'll focus on who's left. Whereas Matt, again, was doing the same thing. He was putting Gemma down. Gemma was still trying. She still thought there was something. She was trying to adjust her own behavior uh, based on what he was saying. And again, just gaslighting her. All the things that Whitney had accused Duca of about being fake, about playing up to the cameras. Matt was doing that fucking ten times over. The first dinner party is like fucking raising a glass to everyone and like giving his big fucking speech. For me, Matt and Whitney are the worst couple on maths. <laughs> well, I'm not going to disagree with you, Dave. It's a fine margin, but... Yeah. yeah, either way, all four of them are a bunch of see you next Tuesdays. But, um, oh, mate, hey, we've had an email, Dave. We've had oh, an email. Nice. So it isn't in relation to maths, but it's a lovely email from um, Shima, uh, Chima. And it says, hi, guys, great podcast. Love the genuine chemistry and banter you have from your friendship and years in the band. Love the emotional intelligence. That must be you, Dave. Life experience, comedy and reality TV savvy you bring too. Really nice to have male perspectives as well. I had no clue why anyone would go on TV and act in these ways, but now I actually feel like I understand people better because of your podcast. Ha ha. I listen to your Love is Blind and Maths coverage as these are the shows I watch. I wonder whether you were covering the new Love is Blind season two reunion episodes. I struggled through them and they just annoyed me. Hearing your take would make it all worth it. Uh, all worthwhile <laughs> keep up the good work although all this crap tv is terrible for our brains so i'll understand if you set, decide to stop from chima so thank you uh, and um, we've both watched the love is blind reunion fucking terrible dave what a waste you know what? of fucking my life that I, was hand on heart i couldn't get through it yeah it's all trying to watch it but i am with chima I, I just i couldn't get into it i just didn't like any of them no. <laughs> it's just, and then uh, you know when you get to that point if you're watching a TV show or you're reading a book or something and you just think you know what that fucking wasted my life here <laughs> at least with the the good reality TV we, we you and I get to chew the fat and stuff and you know we get emotional about it we love it we hate it you know all of those things but when something's just purely pissing you off and it's just crap uh, that's how I felt about Love is the Love is Blind reunion, and so I just I just turned it off. Yeah, and you know what, Dave? That's very similar. I watched the first one with Sam, and I went, 
and obviously Sam knows that I have an interest because of our podcast. We covered the series, and she's thinking I'm going to be like, let's watch the next one. And I went, I don't think I can watch it. And she started having a go at me, going, Well, I didn't want to watch it. We're going to have to watch it now to finish it because she's a bit of a, like you're a completist, completionist. You know, yeah, a completionist. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. You know, you know, I've told you loads of times. I'm, I'm teetering on the edge at the moment with that new fucking House of Dragons, Dave. I, I, I thought the last episode was good, but I'm, I'm like that. I, I just walk away from shows, me. If I just if I'm not into them. I've, I've no interest, and I've, I've, I've said to you the other week, then on, on here as well, I've dedicated and committed to seeing this because Sam's not going to listen to this one for a few days, Dave, so I'll get away with it. But <laughs> I'm just teetering on the edge with it where I'm like, I just don't fucking care watching it. So I'm hoping it gets better, but I will literally just walk away. Walking Dead, two mm. series in, couldn't give a shit. It's the same formula over and over. I've said it loads of times. Let's go in a shop. We need rep- supplies. No problem. Hang on. Let's open the cellar. Oh, there's 50 fucking zombies in the cellar we didn't hear when we were mulling around this fucking house. And they go and chase them, like Jason Dave, at zero mile an hour, or Mike Myers at zero mile an hour, but they catch you. But anyway, that's you why I You missed the point big time I on know Walking Dead, by I know the way. It's the humans that are the real villains in it there. Is. But I, know but it I get is. it. You, you don't like the fantasy stuff. That's the thing. For me, House of Dragon is a return to form of Game of Thrones. It's all about these political relationships all about these different people having agendas trying to further their own power uh and their own position within the the kingdom and what have you i i think it's brilliant to be honest but i can also very much see why you wouldn't be into it but you've just described every reality tv show we covered there as well it's fucking similar as well the only difference is they dress up in this one yeah, <laughs> and have dragons. But, you know, it, there is a lot of similarities. There are a lot of similarities, speak English, Dave, um, between reality TV. I, I, you know, Chris, I was thinking the other day about, you know, the birth of this podcast all those years ago and the fact that I hated it. And I don't think there are many bigger fans than me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worse than me? Especially this week. I'm obsessed. I'm like, oh, what's going on with it? So, um, yeah, it's brilliant. But I, do, I also feel that responsibility as well to call it out when we see it. You know, I still, not going to get on my high horse again, but people don't talk enough about some of the poisonous and toxic things people do in relationships, you know. Um, saw something on Twitter earlier that, that like, uh, someone said something like, you know, if, if, um, if a young boy, uh, is mean to a girl or something, don't tell her, oh, it's cause it's cause he likes you or something like that. And you sort of see it, you know, these little things like, uh, with George, you know, sometimes this absolutely toxic behavior, like love bombing and stuff like that people can view in a positive way and it's like no that's 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 wrong it's part of a bigger fucking picture of abuse and so that's what i find really interesting about a lot of these you know we we know they're not real reality it's not proper big brother where they're just you know or, or big brother season one rather where you can go in anytime it's all edited it's all manipulated but it's still unscripted it's still the people uh, and they can't help, even when they try and put the mask on, you can't help but see the real person at some point. So, yeah, I, I, I find it fascinating. I love it. 
I, I do. And I, I also think watching this sort of thing, I, I look back on myself. So with me and Sam, and, and this isn't calling Sam out before I start getting a load of aggro. There's, a, there's an age difference. There's seven years between us. And luckily, Dave, she still looks younger than me, which is, is you know, amazing because she's still beautiful. I'm really digging a hole now, so don't say anything else. Chris. Just carry on going. You, Just carry you on. You're Kwame yeah. style in yeah, this Yeah, yeah, I'm proper fucking digging here. <laughs> but what I mean is when we watch stuff like Love Island and things like that, when, they, when they're like, I was 20 when I got with Sam and she was 20, I was no, 19, sorry, and she was 26. So... She'd lived a life, mortgage house, everything. I'm just some young kid turns up with a fucking bike and a load of videos and some clothes. You know what I mean? Like she'd known me all my life sort of thing. But it's it, I can cringe sometimes. I go, fucking hell, I was like that. You know, you're not like some of the extreme stuff. You know, you're just yeah, immature yeah. or you, you're being jealous or you're being, you know, I, I can fucking, my toes curl when I'm watching stuff like that. I think, oh my God, why is she still with me? You know what I mean? Like they're not in, there's nothing terrible like that, but I'm sure there's plenty of things that even Sam probably the same. You watch it and you self-analyze these people. And go, oh God, I've done that. I've done that. Oh shit! Because no one's perfect. We can sit and roast people. We've all done some of these things. I mean, I've I've never decided to fucking swap my wife and go with someone else mid relationship, Dave. Mm. And and um, like this one here. But you know, it's just it's just it's interesting as a human experiment watching it. That's why I love reality stuff because some of it's nonsense. Like we're watching the Kardashians. That's fucking terrible. This new, new show on Disney is awful. Even though I've been there from the start. It's fucking rubbish. But when you watch these sort of things, I can look at that and go, Oh fucking hell, Chris, what a bell end you must've been, you know, in certain scenarios. So yeah, mm. I, I think it's good for me personally. I watch it and that sort of self reflect on things I've done good or bad when I was mm. younger. And, and hopefully as you get older, that's what they say. Knowledge is power in it. You become more experienced, become more wise. Hopefully as I get older, you become better as a person. Mm. But because of all this stuff, because of all this like unscripted reality TV as well, you get to see how other people behave and, and the, you know, those, you can decide, well, do you like that or not? And yeah. absolutely, you know, I think all of us will look back and say, oh, fucking hell, I was a right dick then, or, you yeah. know, I behaved in this certain way. And I, not to excuse it, but no one was teaching us either. No one was pointing out and guiding us to say, look, this this is how you you should behave kind of thing, or this is how you shouldn't behave if you put it in the negative. So I I think we've still got a long way to go. Yeah. Chris, without going like down a, a sinister route, but if you think we're born in the seventies, right? Domestic abuse was quite I wanna say popular. Popular's not the right fucking word. Uh Right, it was so, common, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. You know, yeah. poor northern families, quite common. I was quite lucky; it wasn't in my house. But you know, the things, things like domestic abuse between partners and whatever, um, giving the kids a good fucking slap—that that was just the norm. That was the day to day. So physical kind of abuse has, as over our lifetime, gone down and down and down. That's great, fucking brilliant. But. What is less understood is the psychological stuff. I've said it many times. I, I didn't know what gaslighting was up until, you know, fairly recent times. And it's, a lot of it is through watching reality TV and you, you see how people are manipulating and making other people feel and, you know, them shrinking and becoming less of themselves, and you realize and recognize, fucking hell, that's, that's terrible. So there are 
there are a lot of lessons and I'm not going to fucking stop talking about it because not enough people do. Some of the stuff that was going on in Love Island, absolutely disgusting. And you go on to like, like say like after sun or something like that, or, uh, the morning after podcast. And it's like, ho ho ho. Wasn't that funny when they did that? No, it was fucking abusive. You pricks. Yeah. Stop towing the company line. I appreciate you get paid for it, but if you're not going to fucking speak about it, then we will. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. And then did you also say one last final note before we go? You reckon they've got Laura Whitmore's replacement, Dave? It's that Maya Jammer used to go out with Stormzy. So I think uh, she's done a few presenting shows. She's got a well-known celebrity. I don't know if you know her. I do not. Um... Uh, I follow on Twitter, Dave. She's quite a a famous celebrity. So she's supposed to be the new presenter. She's going to do the the winter one to start with the scene. Fair enough. Are you going to abuse her like you abused uh, Laura Whitmore? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, yeah. No, you know what? Looking at the the Facebook comments, I think I was in the minority. It was like, yeah, I mean, it fucking rocks up, you know, says a few things in the uh, fire pit and stuff. That's it. What more do the other Love Island presenters do? I, I think, you know, Sophie Monk does the same Ariel previously did it on Love Island USA can't remember the replacement but I don't know it's, it's just it, it's an unnecessary role I mean do you really even need someone there yeah that's to do true. that job and you laid into all the presenters so at least I can oh, hold my head up <laughs> I just said I'm ambivalent to them I just don't don't see why they're there they just pop up every now and then they're like oh here we are in South Africa or Ibiza or Mallorca wherever it is I'll say my bit, you know, we'll dump a couple off the island and that's it. I'm off back to the UK. It's just like, what a fucking gig. I'm just jealous, actually, Chris. You know, what a gig to have. Yeah, that's true. One that we'll never have, Dave. But anyway, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's leave it there. So massive thanks to everyone, as always, guys. If you want to email us, and I'd love to hear people's opinions on this last week of maths, cdrealitycast at gmail.com. As I said earlier, get up to Facebook. Big thanks to Charlene, as always, for running that and monitoring it for us. Uh, Christian Day's Reality TV cast, and uh, get over and join the conversation. If you want to follow us on social media, at cdrealitycast. And if you do want to support us a little bit more, guys, get over to patreon.com forward slash CD reality cast. So today's roll call of honor is Cassie, Megan, Kate, Annabeth, Maggie, Kristen, Zoe, Gillian, Michelle, Keith, Helen, Brianna, Jacqueline, Noreen, Amy, Joanna, Libby, Katie, Dee Dee, Hannah, Priscilla, Susan, Hennessy, Haley, Lauren, Lucky Lulu Green, and Kent Gustafson. So thank you so much, guys, for all your support over the last year or so and doing these different shows. We really, really appreciate it. So it's been a great stuff, and I cannot wait for next week, mate. <laughs> Me neither. Despite all the things, I I need to distract myself, Chris. And uh, hopefully, I mean, I'm not going to say it because just in case it doesn't come off. But hopefully, we might have another episode in our uh, in our wings. Hmm. I've alluded to it a little bit. Not said anything. I've just said there may be more. So keep your podcast feed open, guys. That's all we'll say. Yep. Yep. All right, mate. Well, it's been brilliant. We have gone long today, haven't we? It's nearly yeah. an hour there. <laughs> <laughs> you love it. <laughs> I 
again. Why do they do this, Chris? Why do they do it? Well, because it gets us all watching. It definitely gets us all talking and, uh, you know, following the people on Instagram and stuff and getting that tea as well. So absolutely brilliant i feel better i feel like a weight is lifted chris <laughs> because when that bombshell came that matt and whitney were gonna stay in i was like oh my god i can't wait to speak to chris yeah me <laughs> too <laughs> so thank you very much mate thanks to everyone out there for listening and we'll speak to you next time bye